This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Horse Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at cassource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino on this fine Friday morning. Fellas, Super Bowl coming up. It's the Pro Bowl weekend. Huntley, you know, we've, we've got some backup AFC QBs in there. Peyton Manning thought he was going to win it. Guess not. But we're feeling good. We're coming up to the end of football season. And just thinking back, I was talking with someone the other day about this, how insane it was talking about the Bills' opponents waiting for their actual schedule to come out, that's already the topic of conversation, like our opponents for next year or whatnot. And it, it's just, to me, to be back in that spot is absolutely unreal. But, you know, we move on. We trek through. We tough it out. Let's just let's just dive right in. Let's dive right in. Let's just talk about this Super Bowl. Let's brief it real fast. It's the Kelsey Bowl. Uh, it's the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh this should be a good one, I think. I mean, what are your guys' general thoughts about it going in? Yeah, I mean, it should be entertaining. You have uh, two teams that it's like their offenses are pretty dialed right now. Um, I know you called it the Kelsey Bowl, and I know they had a podcast, and they were like, yeah, no, don't uh, – You, we can call it the Kelsey Bowl, but, like, you know, don't focus on that. And I thought, like, honestly, that kind of surprised me because I think Travis Kelsey's sometimes kind of arrogant. But, um, <laughs> no, like, it should be a pretty entertaining one. I mean, I don't know how invested I'm going to be in watching it because, I don't know, I, either team, I don't really have a preference of winning, I guess, just because, like, I really got turned off the way the Bills played. Like, yeah. I feel like I would have been more interested in watching if the Bills, like, lost in, like, a heartbreak rather than just not showing up at all. That just really soured football for me this season. But – um, no, it should be entertaining. I mean, Andy Reid going against his former team in the Super Bowl, and Sirianni used to coach for the Chiefs too. So there's storylines there. Um, I think there's some Grand Island connections too. So I know Brett yeah. Kearns from Philly, and I think there was someone else. Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. The assistant but, to Sirianni. Yeah, Sirianni is from Western New York, is he not? I think he's also from Western New York area, actually. He might be. I know his I assistant up, went but... to our high school, though. So, but yeah, yeah so there, there's a few storylines to follow. Um, it should be an entertaining one. I know it's – I don't think it's going to be like the Rams-Patriots where the punter should have been the MVP. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be kind of back and forth because, I don't know, I think Jalen Hurts will be completely healthy and they're just going to let him go because it's the last game of the season. And same with Mahomes. You know, he's banged up. But I think, you know, why hold him back in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to like the, it's the best player in the league, probably against the best, com- like the most complete roster in the league. So I think that's an intriguing matchup. And while I think the Chiefs might not have as good of a roster as Eagle, they, Eagles, they definitely have like the high level players and positions you need, like Chris Jones, 
uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, and they have various other very good players as well, obviously. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I'm more intrigued to watch the Super Bowl than last year's Super Bowl. Um, just because last year's Super Bowl was such like a we really should have been there kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Like we lose to the Chiefs in overtime, and I mean, 13 seconds and all that jazz. Then the, I mean, they just absolutely blow a game to the Bengals, which made me feel pretty good because like at least they didn't win. Like they didn't win, but like at the same time, I was like I thought we were better than the Bengals last year, and then the way the Super Bowl went down. How the Rams, like, I mean, credit to them, but, like, with OBJ going down, like, they kind of limped at the end of that to win, to win the game. Like, they kinda, like the Bengals just kind of, like, stopped playing at then, like, the last, like, 20 minutes of the game. So, like, that hurt just because, like, I feel like we would have, like, destroyed the Rams. This year is just, like, a completely different feeling because we got hosed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, they took us to town. But at least the Bengals aren't playing in the Super Bowl. I, I look at that from that perspective of at least the AFC team, like, I wanted the Chiefs to win. I don't, again, I, as Mike said, I don't also have, like, a mega preference because, like, I really don't hate the Chiefs that much. It's just, like, sometimes when people, like, put down Allen to bump up Mahomes makes me mad. But I feel like every every team kind of does that. Um, and like, I, even the Bills fans do it with Mahomes and all that. So I can't really complain that much. If I would probably want a team to win, I would probably say the Chiefs just because, like, I do like Mahomes, and I think it would be kind of cool um, if he got another ring and kind of started his, you know, chase to get to Brady. I think that'd be kind of <laughs> sick. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, he won't get to seven, but I mean, two and three, second MVP. Like, I don't know. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, um, just because I've given up the fact of like arguing the point that Allen's better than Mahomes. I just argued that I would want Mahomes over Allen just because I'm biased and. Want a lead quarterback mm-hmm. to a lead quarterback, but like now that now that in my mind for a while that conversation has just died, I don't mind if he wins another one. No, yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I, I like you guys both said. I'm kind of impartial. I think the only thing I really care about is winning some money on Super Bowl squares at that point. If I ever <laughs> if I decide to partake, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think it'll definitely be. They both have flashy offenses like that. It's going to be interesting to watch either side. Um, it would see, it would be nice to see or cool to see Mahomes at least get another ring. That's another thing in breaking news. Tom Brady is retired for good this time mm-hmm. around. Um, hopefully for good. Um, you know, so it, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know if I could tell right now who would win. Um, I also don't know any, are, are there any lines out yet for it? I, I'm not, I think the chiefs are favored by five points. The last time I saw, I don't, I think the Eagles might be favored. Oh yeah, I didn't look, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, as I'm looking it up, I gotta ask a question now because I'm sorry, button, but you brought it up. What did you? What do you think is the worst number to get in Super Bowl squares? Because I have my preference, but I, w- I want to know what you guys say first. Hmm. Um, the the one that you know you get, and you're just like, I'm not winning. Maybe like two and two, two and eight, something with the two in it. I think low scoring, yeah, because you got to get a safety to get two points. A six, yeah. Well, depend. No, if six, if every score changes, good. Because like if you have six zero or something, that's good. But no, I agree with you, Mike. Something with a two in it because that's two, like, maybe like a five. I, two is bad. I was gonna say five, but I think nine is worse than five because there's <laughs> yeah, no, there's no way. I mean, like it's it's kind of like the same thing with two. There's no way you get that with touchdowns unless some team drops 40 plus yeah and like there's no like 
real. I mean, like, yeah, you get four field goals, but like, no one's kicking four field. And I guess the safety possibility, I think, makes nine the worst one because two at least you could get the safety maybe. Nine, yeah, it's like five. I guess five is the same thing. Like that's five touchdowns, but I think that's a little like. I mean, that that's like. I mean, this is more. Yeah. No, we all know the clutch numbers are like seven, three. The Eagles are one and a half point favorites. Zero. Oh, are they? No, zero is the best number. Especially well, if, they think if you start with zero, zero, like you win right off the bat, like that's pretty clutch. <laughs> and then how, yeah. how did, I mean, if you were doing a square, I feel like you got to do like some money in the first, more money in the second, the third's the same amount in the first, and then there's bigger money at the end. I would like, agree I think, with that. Like the first and third quarter prize money is the same. Halftime's a little bit more than the finals. finals would you do every half. score change or just quarters and halves? Um, I would I do, really do just quarters. Yeah, I just doing every score change would be kind of funny, but um, there are some that do every score change. I just feel like that gets super wild. So, like, <laughs> if you get if you have zero zero, you win right off the bat, and then. Six zero wins and then extra point seven zero wins. Oh, like oh, like like oh, and then I you go and then you go into the end of the first quarter. It's seven zero. You win again, oh and my seven gosh. three would win. Like, Dude, that's nuts. That, so I, like, that for that's insane. So there's some like, that do that. They're like high roll, like big bunny ones. Like they'll do every score change. The VIP Super Bowl squares on that one. Sit at the so, high roller table. So yeah. would be like so would that be like. You still get like big prize money for like end of quarters, but like you get yeah. like five bucks a scoring change, or like is that like? Well, it depends on how much you put in, but like you can get like a few hundred. Like, for example, say you could get like a hundred dollars per score change, and then like end of the quarter you get like a thousand or something. Like, just example. I'm not I'm... in any high roller Super Bowl squares. Here. Mike's That's actually not... the bookie for the high rollers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he he goes and takes out their kneecaps so they don't pay him back. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, he just puts the, he just he just puts the people he doesn't like gives them nine and two for the scores. Yeah, and watch oh the God. end of the game will be like like twenty nine to twenty two or something. And, and, and to do the score, I know we got completely sidetracked, but to do like the scoring points, do you guys just do a random number generator or do you do cards? Because usually I'll just grab a thing of cards, shuffle it up, and then just like start pulling numbers. I, cards are what my like my family when yeah. we do that we use a deck of cards. So yeah, yeah. I mean to to jump to jump back back on on point here, Dom. To your point about last year's Super Bowl, I do agree with you. Like the Bills losing to the Chiefs, and then Patrick Mahomes closing his eyes and throwing into double coverage in overtime. Like that was just like, you know what I mean? Like it, it was like okay, like why couldn't that happen against us? Why couldn't we win? Like that kind of a thing. Where now. As Mike mentioned, we got cleats to our throats and spit on our faces at home. You know what I mean? So it was just like it was it was it was so it's tough. It's tough. It just takes you out of it. I mean, you're absolutely right on that. But, you know, I think there's there's one person who's specifically out of the rest of the football season who we're going to mention um, out due to injury. But he's uh, he's hit he's hitting he's hitting some balls Uh at the at the on the course this this coming weekend instead of the Pro Bowl, so he left Peyton Manning hanging. But you know, I, I think I the whole city decision because the Pro Bowl is kind of a joke. Yeah, and I think you can eliminate the word "kind of." So yeah. like, but now at least they're taking themselves seriously as a joke by doing flag football instead of like, like literally. How does Tyler Huntley, a backup quarterback, make the Pro Bowl? Like, how does Roger Saffold make the Pro Bowl when he was one of the worst linemen? Like. I just don't get. And then did you see like Roger Saffold had a tweet that was like 
oh, proving yeah. all my haters wrong, and everyone's like, okay, do it. <laughs> it's like, didn't get fan voted in. It was like, yeah, <laughs> we wanted you to be bad, but like, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I'm making my Super Bowl prediction next weekend, next pod. Yeah, yeah. We get a little preview and a little taste. Now we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl and how, what, Knox, Dawkins, and Knox first crew Pro Bowl. Dion, this is back-to-back seasons for Dion, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Saffold's also back-to-back seasons. Um, yeah. Who knows? You know, honestly, God, though, it's the best thing for the Bills that Roger Saffold uh, made it because then when they don't re-sign him and he signs for big money somewhere else because he's a two-time two-time recurring pro bowler uh we could get a comp pick baby for him so um, last, i wonder oh that should have been a trivia question when's the last time the bills got a compensatory pick uh I, okay it's I been a while i don't know the year i'm blinking on the year i think it's 26 the 2017 draft because i think it's gillisley because didn't the patriots like sign him I think oh my got, god, Gillisley. I think they got like a fifth or sixth round. I gotta look that up now, but I think Damn. it is Mike Gillisley. I remember that happening. The Mike Gillisley signing. Oh signed god. as an RFA with the Patriots and then was used like in maybe two games for them. Because <laughs> that was the time when the Patriots like had like a different running back go off every week. Yeah, yeah, the running back carousel was going. Yeah, it was, so it was a 2017 offseason, so it must have been 18 or whatever, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was a wild time. And then they also had Jonas Gray at that time that went for 200 yards, four touchdowns. Everyone wanted him in fantasy, and then he got, like, benched. Yeah. Well, here's my question to you guys regarding the Pro Bowl. Just, like, a hypothetical here. Do you think they should combine the All-Pro and the Pro Bowl and, like, no more fan voting for the Pro Bowl and kind of do, like, you pick the All Pros and you actually play a real game with these guys? You know what I mean? Like, instead um, of- They're not going to want to play a real game. Nah, it also, I mean, that's a cool idea, but I think the Pro Bowl does have enough merit where it's like, it's another kind of validation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think Pro Bowl, like, I think we're going to see now a lot of agents and players um, avoid having Pro Bowl kind of incentives in their contract because it's such a variety and it's a joke. Um, all Pro means more stat certain statistical barriers you have to hit because even mm-hmm. if like you're a quarterback um well it was burrow allen mahomes like herbert had a pretty good year i know he didn't but like if herbert would have thrown for like 30 plus touchdowns and still not getting the pro bowl like having the five hundred thousand dollar incentive on your touchdown passes instead of the pro bowl is much more ideal so yeah, i think right. we're gonna do that but i do like think the pro bowl needs to be i don't know I think some some person suggested that it should be midseason. I don't love that idea because I don't think there's any way any team was going to let their player play in the Pro Bowl midseason. But mm-hmm. they're kind of thinking NHL All Star kind of a deal. Like you take a break for the Pro Bowl at one point, and then mm-hmm. I have two weeks for the Super Bowl. Like I, I don't know. I think I yeah. just think that's I just think that's like it's different in football where it's like no team is ever going to let their player play in the Pro Bowl midseason. You mean, yeah. You, You'd be dumb too, and your player would be kind of dumb to accept that. Like, why would you put your body? At, I mean, no, just take the week of rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I'm glad. Even when they were talking about moving the game because of the whole Tamar Hamlin thing, they were talking about pushing games back, you know, to that Pro Bowl week and whatnot. And well, I'm like, I would say the only thing that like would make the midseason one work would be if like they did the double buy or whatever and they push back to a week, but also like they just eliminate the flag football aspect and they do like 
the skills comp. Like he could, if you did that, I think players would do that. That's like, that really part that's really intriguing to me. Like to watch. They should bring the back the QB comp. challenge. Like you ever watch those old ones? Yeah, uh, yeah. Who is it? Who I? Uh, I'm gonna blank. So someone's got to remind me. Who was the one that? Who was the quarterback that threw the football and was like, "Oh, it's deflated. It must have been Brady." And there was like t- the 2004 Pro Bowl or whatever. 2004. It was like mm. it was like I'm not like I'm one of those years that Brady didn't make the Super Bowl. I have no idea. I, I, I have no no clue. I just know, I know Derek I've Carr seen... roasted the Raiders. Yeah, he did. He did. Derek Carr did roast the Raiders. Isn't he? Is he wearing his helmet? He's representing I think the Raiders in the Pro Bowl. And they're gonna get rid of them. <laughs> okay, that's not the worst all-star story though. Bo Horvat's pretty bad. John Scott was traded from Arizona to Montreal and he still represented Arizona as a captain. He was an all-star captain, an MVP. I, I just think it's to go back it, to Arizona. Yeah, I, I think it's just laughable at this point, like the whole way that like, situation I, I, rolled up. I get that like the Pro Bowl is supposed to be like leisure and like you know, all these players, they've had a long season. They don't really feel like playing a meaningless game, essentially. Like, they just want to, you know, have fun. But, like, you know, I'm not going to sit there and just watch a bunch of NFL players play, like, flag football on a short field. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I want to watch. football game was more entertaining. I want to than... Honestly, I want to <laughs> watch uh, Sean Taylor absolutely lay out Brian Mormon again. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd rather watch, rewatch highlights from the NFL than watch that. But, I mean, it uh, just comes down to the fact, though, like, your stars don't even want to play in the game. Like, yeah. Allen making the business decision to go golf, I respect it. I mean, he's a three handicap. I'm a hundred handicap, so we're yeah. pretty comparable in the golfing department. Um, yeah. And then Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow called off, and I don't even know if they he even gave them, like, an actual reason or not. Like, no, I don't know if that ever came out. Like Maybe the thing injured. with the thing with the Pro Bowl is like, you know, I think about like the NHL All Star Game, like the NBA All Star Game, and like it's kind of it's not serious, but like it's entertaining because like you know you watch NHL and they try to do these cool things and like set up these plays and like do all these real real cool tricks. Same with like the NBA, you see them trying to like do alley oops and like all these plays and everything, and like that's entertaining because it's like kind of still competitive aspect of the game. The Pro Bowl, like, the only way I can see you trying to do cool plays and everything is if you're actually, like, really giving an effort and trying. And it's, like, it's just not entertaining to watch when, you know, you hand it off to the running back and the linemen are just kind of standing there letting him run by and then they just hug him. and Yeah, you or know. you let Mac Jones run all well, the way to the end zone and gritty, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like in the others, like – Major sports, like at least when like the game at the end of the All Star game, like get, especially in basketball, like when that gets close, they actually start playing like legit. And I'm not gonna hit people in that NHL one, but they start like back checking a little bit, giving a little bit of like an effort to forecheck. Like that's yeah. fun. Like in the NFL, it's like it's never gonna be that. It's never gonna be like okay, now like if you throw this ball, some point game two and stuff. When now when you throw the ball in the middle, I'm gonna tap tattoo t- Mark Andrews over the middle of the field as a safety. Yeah. No, no one's ever gonna do that. So like, I don't know. That's. A, it's just it's a broken system and there's no like in all the other all-star games you can after the game like get me to sit down and watch like the 20-minute highlight reel and like there'd be actually legit like dunking as you said like cool goals in the nhl even like bombs or cool moments like with them mic'd up in the nf mlb but like the nfl like pro bowl like 
the 20 minutes is just hugging. So, like, it's, no, there's nothing cool that happens yeah. in the Pro Bowl. Hands other down, I'd watch the NHL All-Star game over all of them. Mm-hmm. NHL skills yeah. comp is the best. Yeah, NHL is probably the best. I think the NBA All-Star game, like, the All-Star game itself is is probably the best. Um, just because it just I'll agree. With, I'll agree with that. The game NBA skills the comp. The best skills comp. Um, NHL. NHL. Actually, I don't know. I guess home run derby is good. The home run derby is probably the best overall event, though, because that yeah. that's just that's a lot of fun. But yeah, no. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on from the Pro Bowl, because I can't believe we talked that much about the Pro Bowl. Um, More of the history of and how we need to change it, but and so, then some other All Star aspects. <laughs> I have two hypothetical stuff to talk about, and then I want to talk about the NFLPA ranking the players by position yesterday. But the Bills have an opportunity to tag Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds. Do they do? Do they tag franchise tag either of them? Um, maybe Edmonds. If you if one of them is guaranteed to leave, I would tag Edmonds. But maybe if you tag. Edmonds, it gives you a shot, or maybe if you tag Poyer, it gives you a shot to tag Edmonds or vice versa. But like, um, I feel like more likely they would do it to Edmonds than Poyer. Yeah, I, I'm gonna lean towards no for both. Uh, Poyer is at 100% no because he has like 14 million dollars, and I don't think that just seems like kind of like bad, bad player management to not really offer him power. I'm intri- I'm gonna be intrigued to see like if the Bills number gets out when he signs with another team, um. But that just doesn't seem to be like the whole situation. He's a veteran, like he's respected. Like I feel like franchising tagging would be a little bit disrespectful. Um, Edmonds is different because obviously Edmonds is like twenty, still like twenty. Like the dude just never ages. Um, and you know he, he's one of the leaders of the defense. His is like twenty million dollars, and I just don't see the Bills like chewing that kind of cap. Yeah. My only thing of Edmonds would be like. If they tag and trade him, I think that would be like a unique idea. Like that, the only reason I would ever tag Edmonds is to trade him, because then mm-hmm. you at least get like some. You could probably get at least an an asset or two back, maybe like a third round pick tops. But like at least you get an asset. I don't know. And with like Poyer and Saffold leaving, maybe you get a comp pick. I feel like that would be like the best move if you're gonna do that. If you're just gonna want to resign Edmonds long term, you just I mean. Just you might, bite the bullet and resign them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I feel like Poyer, I don't know, as much as I love what he's done for the team, the way he's played, it's just uh, the Bills do not do not have enough cap space to be do like like you said, Dom. It, it's just it's too much. You can't be you can't be doing that, especially when we need offensive tools. You know what I mean? Like our 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 core defense is still going to relatively be there. Um, you know, and I, I'm a big believer that you move uh, Benford into the safety position, you know what I mean, and try that out. So I, I don't think, I like you said, a, trade, a tag and trade for Edmonds, that actually sounds like a really good idea. I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. But I don't think you, you tag Hoyer. I mean, Edmonds is the only one I could see you even going for because he's had a kind of an awakening of a season, and he – um, but then again, just resign him if you want to hang on to him like that. So, yeah, I, I, I do not, I do not think a tag is necessarily the best, best way to go about it. But yeah, and then uh, I just like briefly remember because you brought Benford to safety. The Bills did get a new um, safety coach, 
Yes. Really was from Jacksonville and Houston. So I know that doesn't look great because those teams have been pretty bad um, for the last five years. He's been to those organizations, but he has like developed some decent, you know, safeties, Ronnie Harrison, I think of Jacksonville, um, Jalen, I don't know how to say his, I'm not going to say his last name because I'm going to butcher it, but they, there was a rookie uh, safety for Houston that made some plays to them. Peach tree or peach tree yeah. or something like peach, that. Yeah, something like that. Um, so he, he's worked with a couple good, like he's developed some safeties. And I, I think that's, that's where I think the move makes sense of they want to um, get a guy that's maybe more of a development coach for safeties in this new era. Like you don't have Hyde and Poyer anymore. I mean, I'm just making that claim, but like Hyde's also getting old too. Like it's time you got to start uh, finding two guys to fill those spots, those two spots. And I think they wanted more development coach. I did think it was interesting. Uh, cover one who's kind of like the film people in the bills community. I think they made it an interesting point of um, the bills struggled after Hyde got out with like pre-snap people knew what they were in and they did it not based off the safeties, like looking at what, where the safeties are, but looking at where Taron Johnson was. Yeah. Like if he was shaded inside, he was run fitting or if he was doing this, he was in man or that. And I think that comes down to maybe having two different position coaches and maybe, I know they still have the nickel corner coach, I think, but maybe getting another safety coach apparently in Houston, he was trying to get the nickel corner and the safeties kind of um, together to like, not get the nickel corner to spill the coverage to be that precursor. So I think that could be a, a next step for the bills defense. As we talked about, maybe that's an adjustment that they make. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. mind to see it. It doesn't sound like a bad adjustment. So I don't know. This offseason is going to be very interesting because we got big boy contracts kicking in and we got to we got to wean we got to we got to strain out the the mozzarella, you know what I mean? We got to we got to thin it out a little bit. So all right, my 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 second hypothetical. Okay. What what it is is that all around the roster this next season or is he gone? Yes, he'll be on the roster. Yeah, I don't think you can you can waste him, unfortunately. I, not right. unfortunately, but my next question after that then is: he on the roster in twenty twenty four? Not if he has another lackluster season. I feel like I and say so, he is. So you think they're going to sign him an extension? Yes. What number would you give him? Like if you were the G, if you were if you were Brad and Bean. Ideally, less than like ten. But, but he's making, well, he's making ten point seven this year, so I doubt he's gonna take less than what he's getting this year. Honestly, I feel like he's gonna be like a Tremaine, where he's gonna want to be playing for a contract, so he's gonna have a good year. Yeah, it's that's what I think. Because I mean, the... think about Edmonds; like he was good, but like we were always like, you know, is he really worth a long term contract extension for big money? And then he has this breakout season, and now we're saying like, how can we let him go? I have a feeling Ed Oliver is going to be the same. Like we saw, I don't know, you see so many times players like Marcel Darius, prime example, was an all pro in his contract year and they got the big money. Like I'm not saying then maybe he'll be like the superstar player, but I think he's going to at least have an incentive to get a contract. No, he's definitely seems like one of those guys that gets motivated from that kind of thing. Um, but for me, 
I would look to trade him from the perspective of $10.7 million this year against your cap. If you trade him, it's no dead cap pretty much. So you're basically saving $10 million by trading him. So you could trade him straight up for like, you probably could get a second round pick for him and maybe another mid round pick. I think some, like some young team would be interested in having him younger player, that kind of thing. So like if you did that move, maybe did the tag and trade for Tremaine, if not just get comp picks. Like I think that's how you rebuild your roster uh, um, on the fly a little bit, but also, so you could either do that move or you could like see him as like a trade asset for a certain player. Like some people were talking about Hunter Renfro, like he kind of has a similar contract to, Oliver, and then also if you extended Hunter Renfro like a couple of seasons, you actually save money as well. So that fixes your slot receiver problem, and you also save a couple million dollars. Now it hurts your D line, but my thought process is this, and why I think he's probably I think he probably should get moved is I don't think they're going. I think you know you said about the Tremaine situation. Tremaine blew up to the fact of now he out he priced himself out of Buffalo, mm-hmm. so like. If Ed has another, if Ed, if Ed has a mediocre season, I think he's gonna walk because I don't think the Bills are gonna pay him like the eleven plus million dollars he's just gonna want to command. If he right. has like a great season, I don't think the Bills are gonna be in the position to pay him eighteen plus million dollars or whatever the, the cost is gonna be for the D tackle at that point. Yeah. So like, I think they're in a lose lose situation with that. So I, I just think maybe you have a chance to improve your future for trade. You get cap space, or you get some cap space, but you also fit a position of need. I don't know. I feel I feel like that could be a move. I would say that it would it would, it would weaken your defensive tackles, but like I don't know, he just had a kind of a mediocre season. He was kind of injury prone a little bit this year, and like I just feel like he's. I feel like especially after watching the season, he's not the most important defensive tackle on the team anymore. Like Daquan Jones is. Yeah. And Daquan Jones is up for. Daquan Jones has one more year on his contract, so it's like. If I'm picking between Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones, I'm more inclined to pick Daquan. I know he's older, but I'm more inclined to pick Daquan Jones. And then what does it leave me with Ed Oliver? Like if I, if I only a cast space for one of them, I'd rather move Oliver where he has some value on having the extra year. Plus, you could trade him. You could sign him long term with that team. So, I don't know. Yeah, I. As much as I was so ecstatic when we drafted him and his first couple seasons, I mean, he's shown what he can do. This past season, I mean, you're right. Injury prone, you know, he was out for a, quite a few games. Um, and in the games he was playing in, it wasn't – we didn't really feel his presence. I mean, like you said, Daquan Jones has been the standout this year. And I, I think that's tough for, for Ed. I don't think you – I think if you had to pick based off of this season, you definitely would want to spend your money on Daquan Jones because he's been the most productive. But then again, I believe in Ed, but I, I don't know. It, it – He's, if he does well, like you said, Dom, he's going to price himself out. And then we can't even re-sign him anyway. So it's just like, I don't know. It, it's it's really tricky where the Bills are right now with the money situation. You know what I mean? I, I think that's the biggest thing looking at this. Because before, you'd be like, oh, he had a lackluster season. Let's just sign him for a couple of years. You know what I mean? Like, we got the cap space. Not anymore. We can't do anything like that. So it's just, it's definitely, it, it's it's tough. Mike, what do you think? No, I, I, I do agree, like, instead of losing him for nothing, like get something back for him because this is a team where I would say our window's not completely closed, but it's closing. So, you know, maybe do something to salvage for the future. Cause I know I, we talked about this a few on um, pods ago, how it's kind of like going down, like what can you do so that 
as you're going down, maybe it's not so steep or that you could make it curve back up and like getting those assets and draft picks probably helps it kind of uh, plateau and then go back up. But yeah. we got to hit on those picks. Too. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's one I, I thing think to look at the Chiefs with, I think. You know what I mean? Like and the way Andy Reid did it when Mahomes' big boy contract kicked in and whatnot. Like they, 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 uh, they did a good job keeping that team, you know, not like, like the prime example is Tyreek Hill. Like he priced himself out of KC. So, you know, they made the decision to trade him, got all their picks and look at their rookies were contributors on that team and they're in the Super Bowl now and their window is still open for numerous years because of it. And, you know, like Tyreek Hill was a really good receiver, arguably the best in the league, but you know, they came to the point where it's like, is paying him really worth sacrificing other positions? And they said no. So they uh, infused youth in the corners and they still have a lot of young offensive linemen and, you know, they've been successful. So like maybe Brandon Bean, like obviously you're not going to get a return like Tyreek Hill did for like Ed Oliver or if you trade Tremaine or something, but like getting those mid round pick, you probably get like second, third round picks. Like those can be contributors on your team. It's not like an NHL prospect where it takes some um, three four years to be on your roster like nfl rookies for the most part contribute on your roster day one so yeah, i mean let's use her i mean yeah and and they also traded him i think in a year left on his contract so like they they didn't have to trade him either they could have just hung it out and just franchise tagged him traded him like like probably what maybe what the Ravens might do with Lamar, but that's where yeah. I'm kind of like I think this is like the situation. It's just unfortunate where he doesn't have his best year, but like he has the potential. He's still young. He's on a pretty affordable contract for like team like for not non Bills like the teams that are not up against the cap per se. And I don't know. There's teams with plenty of like multiple second round picks or multiple picks that I think you could get. And then like instead of like I think it's the big thing of. Ed's making it's not like Ed's a bad player, but Ed making like the how much how much money he was like five million dollars to now him jumping up to ten. No, that impact hurts the team. Where if I could get like a second round pick, who's making like I don't I don't really know the the cap. I think it's like two or three. But if I could get an impact player, a couple impact players who are making three mil a pop, like two of them in different positions, maybe I think I think that's where I don't know. I, I like honestly I think I like it's interesting it's either you like trading Ed as a way to improve your roster right now with like the Renfro situation or you like the situation of trading him for short term loss but long term gain where it's like maybe we trade him we get some draft picks and maybe yeah they could contribute right away but maybe it's not as great as Ed could be this season for us, and maybe we take a little bit step, little bit smaller of a step back as well. But then long term, I mean, look, I mean, the Chiefs have like so many dudes that are making a couple million dollars for the next couple of years. I think that's where, that's where the, I mean, that's where the Bills. It's a copycat league, man. The Bills got to copy the Chiefs formula a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Those are my hypotheticals. Now, I I want to quickly. I know we're like, we like killed this amount of time, but I just want to <laughs> quickly, briefly talk about the position rankings. Uh, multiple bills got selected by the NFLPA. So the situation was for voting was like if you're a quarterback, uh, quarterbacks around the league vote and um, defensive players vote. And for like, I assume for like, if it's linebackers, linebackers vote and then the offensive players vote for you. So 
it was pretty cool to see the Bills get represented a little bit. Islanders too, which I'm not surprised by, but it was kind of interesting to see that because I don't. I think he was four last year in the NFL top 100 in quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, behind Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes. So obviously, it's kind of cool to think that like since people, I mean the players, see that Brady and Rodgers play have fallen off a little bit. Obviously, now Brady's retired, but um. It's nice to see that Allen still fed that too, and they didn't put like Burrow or someone uh, ahead of him. And then, I mean, it's cool to see everyone else. I, the only one that I'm surprised, actually, I'm surprised by two, I should say. Mitch Morris being five is just kind of whack to me. Like, all the stats will say like he's a, an above average center, but for him to be like top five, I guess that's the reason why he made the Pro Bowl. Um, that was kind of crazy. And then T Bass, like, I think T Bass is a really good kicker, but him being the third length kicker ahead of Justin Tucker. Seems kind of like a misprint. Yeah, I mean, other than that, though, those couple, I feel like it's kind of player-based votes like that. I feel like, you know, it's just kind of how they feel. You know what I mean? Like, I'd see, say that's more legit than like a fan vote. Yeah, yeah, line it up against Josh Allen on the other side. You never know what that guy's going to do. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I understand that. Lamar Jackson, I understand. Like, all those guys, the top five are mobile. They're kind of magician-esque. Like, they'll do whatever and get out of situations most quarterbacks won't so i mean any of those guys but yeah the kicker justin tucker definitely but i mean tyler bass might have gotten a little inflated by the browns you know what i mean when he he basically won the game for us that game so um you know scared of the t bass t bass number two so i don't know any, anything else on the bills fellas or we we want to move into the the state the sabres the sabres i've never heard anyone say that before that's how it's spelled you know what I mean? But before we move into the Sabres topic, I just want to bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. You should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all here together in the first place. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or simply visit sportseplus.com. All right, we're back with the Buffalonian podcast here, uh, rolling in with some Sabres talk. And like, honestly, it, it's been pretty good so far. They were 301 on their road trip. Um, Honestly, kind of unfortunate the last game right before the All-Star break, that Hurricanes game. But, like, that's one of the best teams in the league. So, like, I'm not overly concerned about that performance. Um, But I think the main thing I got from that road trip was that we really are a really good team on the road. And, like, for us making a playoff push, that might be a good thing because we'll have the disadvantage of the home games. So, like, if you're able to get in the playoffs, maybe they could steal some wins on the road here. But, like, what do you guys think? What are you guys thinking about going into the All-Star break here? I think they put themselves in great position to make the playoffs. Um, I think, honest to God, I think it's a good thing that they kind of got crushed by Carolina in the sense of I think it gives them a sour taste uh, for the next. I think they don't play till the 11th, so another eight days. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, they're not riding in the high. It is kind of remarkable. I got to say this. And this is a recurring theme. I, I, I don't know why this is, but the Sabres are like 11, 13, and I don't know what their overtime record is at home. And then they're eight games over 500 um, on, the, on the road. So yeah. I, I, that's kind of – usually for a young team, it's the opposite where they, they'd be like really good at home and crap on away. But for a reason, I feel like this team kind of, you know – Road Warriors. Key bank curse, man. Key bank curse. Key bank curse. Well I, honestly, though, I will say this though. Um, they played some legit teams on that Western road trip. Like Minnesota's a good team. 
freaking Lukanen decided to be Robin Lutner. Don't know what that was all. like. That was just, <laughs> he didn't come close to either one of those. So the only time he came close is because Kaprizov crossbarred it off him. Um, that was pretty bad. But I mean, Nashville's a good team. Winnipeg's a good team. St. Louis, Dallas. I didn't play Nashville. I was like, I said Nashville. I was like, I don't think they played Nashville. But mm-hmm. Dallas is a good team. That was an OP. So I think that I think there's a lot of the good things to. I mean, they put themselves in a great position. I mean, they're fourth in the Atlantic. I don't think any of us ever predicted that it would be the fourth best team in the Atlantic right now. Mm-hmm. I think you know, I, like if you're going to be really optimistic for the season, you probably would have said maybe they get to fifth. But I mean, the way Florida's played, Detroit and Ottawa haven't taken those steps. Like that, they're in a position to make the playoffs. I do think like what this road trip showed, and I think what the Carolina game showed is I think this team in its present state could potentially, like, it wouldn't surprise me if they made the playoffs, but they are still a little bit away from, like, that, some being true playoff contenders. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I I just want to take a second here. You know, if you you listen back to last season's episodes, I think in one intro, I I think I'm the one to say, Sabres may or may not make a run to the Cup next season. I think they say screw it at this point and make the run. I think, I, I think... You know, if we make that trade for a goalie or a defenseman, I think we add some depth, you know, and get Labushkin out of there, get get Bryson out of there, get someone switched out. I'm uh I'm I'm confident, you know. I, I, I think I think I overestimated, but it's paying off. I think that's the best best way to put it. A little best bit. analogy you have for it. Well, it's one of those situations where they're in position right now, and I think the Carolina game could kind of be like that the Chiefs game for the Bills of like you kind of had to kind of get to that team because that's a team out of them or Boston you're probably going to play in the first round. And it's one of those situations where you had to see like, yeah, Casey Mills, Dan Olsen, like they play well against like other teams of lesser talent. But like when they play the top teams, like those two, Bryson, like your warts on your roster get exposed a little bit, a little bit, little bit more. So I, I think it shows like – I, mean, I hope it shows the front office. Like, there's certain areas of the team that need improving. And, yeah, you know, Joe, you want to go all in. It's like, some of it could be done maybe in the short term if they want to do a big move or smaller moves. But then I think a lot of this work is going to do in the offseason. Because to me, that's like the Sabres are like that seventh seed in the NFL playoffs that get in. It's a nice story. And then they just get shown the door. And who knows? Maybe they're going to be in Miami or Indianapolis against the Bills and kind of make their series competitive, which wouldn't surprise me because they could score goals. Um, yeah. But. Or they're the Bengals in the playoffs last year, man, making the run <laughs> all the way through. So never know. Mm. You know, but we got to get there first. We got to we got to make the wild card spot first. So you know, it's 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 exciting. The Bills the Bills blunder and the Sabers are uh, they're going up. Their stocks yeah. rising. So no, I mean I think. Like we were talking about, like going into the season, what we expected, and I think we expected them to at least be in contention for the playoff spot. I don't know if I necessarily believed that they'd have a legit shot making the playoffs. I always pictured that being next season, like they're uh, going to be really a playoff team. Um, but like having a legit shot this year, having three games in hand in Washington is really good. And I'm not saying they're going to, if they make the playoffs, they'll do overly well because they're just a young team with. You know, Jeff Skinner's played 900 NHL games and none of them have been in the playoffs. So, I mean, we don't have a lot of playoff experience on this team, but 
like just overall going into the all-star break, I think they're in a really good spot. I think the the one thing that's kind of annoying is there's been some injuries. I know Tage had to leave the last game early, um, upper body. The only bright spot I get out of that is that, yeah, he's going to miss the all-star game now, but like, I'll take it him being a little banged up going into this break, like a week and a half break rather than missing a week and a half of games, mm-hmm. because I think he's honestly the most important player on the team right now. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I would say Tage. I mean, I think Darlene makes a good case. Like both those guys are kind of mm-hmm. like co-favorites. I do got to say though, they say upper body injury, but like he was in his, like everyone was making like the scene about like the, the image on national yeah. television. It was his lower back. But, like, that's what makes me so mad about hockey is that it's, like, it's your upper body. And everyone's probably be like, oh, man, it might be, like, his – maybe his lowest part would probably be his ribs, maybe. No, dude, it's your lower back. Like, the term – the word lower is in your injury. Like, you think, like, maybe they wouldn't be called an upper body injury. But Waste up, man. Waste body. I just think that's – I just think that's so stupid. But, yeah, I think it's unfortunate seeing banged up. Samuelson played pretty poorly against the Canes, and he seems to be also banged up. I don't know, like – I mean, we don't know what that injury is because we didn't see him getting worked up by the trainers on the bench. But maybe mm-hmm. it's that knee. I mean, I got I got I to think. Like, I got to be honest. Like, who's um, who was the Canucks player that just recently announced that, like, in the preseason he teared his ACL and he was playing like the whole season? I I know who it is now. I don't know how to say his name. It's that Leafs guy. Last name. It's he's Russian. <laughs> I, I, it begins with an M. I don't know. Mikhail, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm not saying Samson's playing with Tony Seal because I have no idea. Like we don't know, but I do feel like me. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he has some actual like damage that probably needs to get surgically repaired. On uh, is just playing on it, but and then Cousins, obviously, he was banged up as well. It's 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 a little unfortunate losing your two centers and a top three defenseman on your team, but hopefully. You know, again, the 10 days uh, works well for them in that aspect uh, because they're definitely going to be. This is definitely a team that, while it's very exciting, they're definitely a team that once if a couple injuries to their top guys happen, mm-hmm. I don't think they're a team that can overcome that. Mm-mm. Like, Tampa's a team that, like, I don't know, like if Stan Coast missed two weeks, like, I think they'd be fine. If Tate Thompson misses, that's, that's where, like, the MVP stuff comes at, like, Hard is that like if Tate Thompson misses two weeks, the Sabers. I mean, unless they play like Arizona, but they did because they can't even beat Arizona at home. Like, they 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 would struggle immensely. Yeah. So I I think that's the, that's the fear for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I would agree with you, especially because he's he's the one of the more dominant pieces of our team. The if not the most dominant piece of our team, uh, this season. Just seeing how he's played and whatnot, I think we got to put our trust in Middlestat now. At this point, I think he's our only <laughs> hope. Um, I think he moves up to secondary spot. assists. <laughs> He's getting all just, those points, man. I'm just surprised they didn't put him on. Actually, no, they did put him on the first power play, I think. Yeah. Um, when, uh, no, I mean, it's going to be interesting from that perspective. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just tough. I mean, would I like to see him in the all-star game? Sure. We're going to see Darlene. So that's okay with me. Yeah. Who um, also got trashed for his, like, I'm the skills competition, like the hardest shot. Obviously, Tage Thompson was going to be the hardest shot, and they decided they were just going to leave, like, just do a swap, which is kind of unfortunate. So I feel like Darlene would be a good, like, the accuracy shot one. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of more of his skill set, but. Mm-hmm. 
Who do you think should have replaced him in the hardest shot one on the team? Some other all star. And I'm not saying like the Sabres player. But... Oh. oh, I thought you were going yeah. team team specific. No, like some other all star should have swapped over or whatever. But it's whatever. It doesn't really yeah. matter that much to me. But yeah. No, so I I was, the injuries, the playoffs. UPL named rookie of the month. Um, yeah. I don't know how I feel no, about that. Because, I don't know. Like, yeah, he played good, but like. I guess other rookies didn't play great. I know, that's, what I'm, that's what my point is, man. Like, he had a 907 save percentage. That's kind of like – he also had, like, a negative goals above expected, which is also not that great. So, like, yeah, I really, I really don't know how to say about that. But OP, it's, it's, it's interesting. That's what OP I have to say. maybe making a run for the Calder with a couple goals. I think he's <laughs> going to get robbed. I think this is one of those years where, like, defensemen just never win the Calder except if you're Mo Sider who put up 53 points. Like – just one of those things where if you don't put up points as a defenseman, you don't win any. Like thing like Norris, like Eric Carlson, having an historic season. Not, don't get me wrong, but you can name like f- three dudes that you'd rather have over Eric Carlson this season because the dude plays mm-hmm. no. The dude's a, like a fourth forward on the ice, which is quite to him. Like he's really good. I'm not. I'm not like Dalian's kind of similar, but Dalian actually has a pretty good defensive game this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I think Dalian should win the Norris, but. What are you gonna do? Sabers are gonna be slept on for a little bit, so you know. What are you gonna do? What are you do? So, I want to talk a little bit into trades, and then we could talk about our random stuff that we normally talk about. So, Bo, Bo Horvat got traded to the Islanders. Mm-hmm. A- absolute, like once that trade happened, I saw my phone. I could just smell like reeks of desperation, <laughs> of like <laughs> it's so desperate for the Islanders. That they have to get Bo Horvat to kind of to be better than the Sabers, it's just it's just sad. Yeah, the Sabers are such a wagon that they're making people trade obscene amount of value for a rental. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe like, they extend him. It's like trading a Porsche for a. I, I gotta GMT say, Acadia. like, I always would think like I would never want to play for the Yankees, not because I'm a Red Sox fan, but because of all like their strict policies of like being clean shaven and all that. The Islanders though are so dumb. I'm sorry that they don't allow like they allow two people to have numbers over forty. I think that's so that's that's so lame. I'm sorry. Oh, who are the two players? Casey Sezikis. Mm-hmm. Who's the other one? They they traded for this guy a couple years ago from Ottawa. His name spells Gene, but it's pronounced differently. No? He's a center? Jene? He wears 44. No. His last name begins with P? P? No. Pajo? Yeah. Jakey Pajo? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about him. He's kind of irrelevant, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I could tell. It took a little... But no, I, I got JG Pajo paid for the Islanders. Oh God! No, I think that's that's an interesting trade from perspective of it's a rental. They don't have a contract in place. I mean, first round pick that could potentially be a un, unprotected first round pick is pretty wild. I don't know. I I, I just think that's a I think that's a bad <laughs> trade. Yeah, I mean, you're basically. You're play, you're trying to do damage control, but you're actually damaging your team. I feel like you know what I mean. Like that's kind of the no. They definitely got better. Like Horvat's a good player, but it comes down mm-hmm. to the fact of like the Islanders 
aren't even are like the tenth team or like the eleventh team in the East right now. Like this is mm-hmm. different if like if like Tampa or some team that's like trying to win a cup does that. This is to make the playoffs, and they already have the worst prospect pool in the league. They literally just traded like their best prospect and a first round yeah. pick. I don't know. Maybe lose going senile or something. No, I, <laughs> I, don't, I already think that happened. I just don't know why they have, they, they got rid of trots before. I think them. we might be seeing some side effects now. I think, I think um, that's kind of what's happening. Oh my God. So the first question my brother asked after this is how will this affect Timor Meyer uh, asking price? A lot of people are saying the bills, the Sabres won't trade for him. I don't really, I don't do. I think it's probably going to happen. Probably not because the Sabres are the Sabres. And I think they're super stubborn. Mm-hmm. I think some team like New Jersey is going to end up trading for him, but I don't think it impacts Myers' asking price as much because Horvath was a true rental, and he had like Meyer has rights after the season, and now I think someone could say that means he should be get more, but I'd also like counter with the fact of his qualifying offer is ten million dollars, so like if you trade for Meyer, you're most likely going to have to either pay that fee or sign him immediately to a long term contract. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where like the value of the two moves kind of. Also, Meyer's a winger, and Horvath's a center. So I think that also positional value has some things. But I still think. Well, I think we got the asking price. Isn't it like a first, a good prospect, and like another B prospect? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. First round pick, Rosine. I would throw in another B prospect. The Sabers have like ten of them. Mm-hmm get the job done yeah yeah i mean i don't know i just, I especially feel like that's a good move seeing we're seeing tage start to get banged up cousins like it's just another guy that, that another 30 40 goal he's on pace for like a lot of goal and he's already like close yeah. to the season and also he's a depth can, piece you can slip him in and... also he can play on that offside of that power play outside thompson because the power play has really struggled recently because they really just have a dude marked on Thompson the whole time. And Cousins is a good player, but maybe you put him down to power play two, take one of the young guys off power play two to get them to just focus on their five and five kind of would help both units out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agreed. I mean, you, you just get as much help for this team as you can, especially the, the way they play offense. I know we've talked about this, just, you know, literally call it, what you will it's literally let's just let's let's go like that that's what i would call it let's go like everyone's just flying down there you know what i mean it's high intensity high high stakes you know but high reward at the same time but you're also you're risking a lot by playing like that so um very physical well especially in the playoffs like it's kind of a little bit like the nfl like special teams are just so magnified Mm -hmm. and the sabers yeah their power play looks good but and realistically like it's not really as good as the ranking says, and the penalty kill is as bad. Like they're like twenty eighth or 29th. They're terrible. Like they need to, they need to somehow fix that. Like I, I don't know how. I have like an idea of like maybe they should stop telling their forwards to forecheck on the power play because I penalty kill because I think the problem is, is that they're letting people in the zone so easily. Maybe if you instead of forechecking, you lean back, stay back a little bit. And, clog up the middle of the ice and make it a little bit difficult to enter your zone. I think that would help, but yeah, I don't know. Me as my zero, zero days of experience as my hockey coach, putting my, my tips for the Sabres. Honestly, probably, probably the same as Ralph Kruger. So uh, yeah. yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, soccer experience, but I don't think that translated over to the ice very well. So, right, and then a couple other rumors that just were hinted around was Jordan Greenway for for the Wild. Obviously, the Wild just signed Matt Boldy to that contract extension, so they're kind of going to be in the cap crunch. Um, yeah, plus they have the Parisian suitor buyouts. I forgot about those. Yeah, that's those mm-hmm. are just br- brutal. Um, and then Greenway actually was coached by Granada, so there's some kind of relationship. Apparently, there's some kind of character issue because he overslept a meeting. I really don't see a huge deal in that. Uh, I think, I think we're starting to get into the situation with the Sabers that the Bills of like once you start building a culture, you could kind of take people that may be like, I mean, listen, that happened with another Minnesota athlete and Stefan Diggs. So like. <laughs> maybe a guy that doesn't maybe have the best reputation in the world, but if you know his true heart, maybe it's that's an interesting move for like the bottom six, Gergensen's kind of replacement. Not that's not like that 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 move would be like cheaper and it wouldn't be like it also give you some grit, Mike. You know, you're a big grit guy. Um, yeah, that would be like forward. a move. That would be like a move to like sure up the bottom six for the future. But it, I, I mean, hey man, you have the cap space. That'd be interesting. And then Demko. Having an absolute brutal year for the Canucks, one of the worst goaltenders in the league, still signed for four years at five million dollars. Um, he's played well in the past, so it's not like this is like his last couple years. He was pretty good before this year, so maybe you get him for cheap. But I don't know. I feel like the asking price with that, with how young he is, how his somewhat of his track record, Canucks kind of in full rebuild. I just don't, I don't love that idea. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would, I don't know. I don't like the price. It, like if it was for like another year or two, like okay, but like I don't like four years of five mil. Yeah, like you probably had to trade a significant asset to get him because he's signed for four years, but he's played really bad this year. I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I, and like as you said, like a year or two left in this deal. Like I wouldn't mind it then because like I think it's an interesting stopgap between Levi and like that's kind of, um, mm-hmm. that's kind of a guy you're looking for, kind of young, youngish kind of goaltender that could be there. The bridge the years before Levi gets there, and then as Levi is there, still kind of be like the number one while Levi kind of gets himself. Yeah, gets his foot. What like I think that's like the dude you want to target. I just don't love four by five for a dude that's played as one of the bottom three goalies in the league. Yeah, <laughs> Jeez. yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just got to be somewhat not picky, but. Don't just go for someone to go for someone. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of kind of how it is. Mm. But already, so going time to our random thoughts and predictions. So no Sabres games this week. So uh, we'll do a different prediction. Who is going to win the All Star game? Either the Atlantic, Metro, Pacific, or Central Division. It is the Central Division, right? That's what it's called. The, yes. Okay, I didn't. I couldn't. I thought that was kind of weird. Give me the Metro. Hmm. Uh, you know what? I like, I like the Atlantic. I'm going to go Atlantic on this one. Listen, man, I, I got to go the central. They got, they got the best goalie and Jake Ottinger, man. I think Saros is there. Or it's Hollaback. Actually, I think they central. have three goalies. Do they have three goalies? All right. So, now the, so we picked the Metro Atlantic and central. So the Pacific's going to win. Dude, no way. Okay, I'm gonna say this straight up. <laughs> if you just manifested that, no, I... no, no, no. The specific, the Pacific. If they were playing for legit, like if they were playing legit, like had to play for their lives, the Pacific goaltenders are 
Thompson from Vegas and Skinner from Edmonton. They literally have two, like, the definitions of dudes having good years, but overall, careers are mid. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying... Like, well, they're both the rookies. Yeah, I'm not... The Atlantic's kind of all right. I think that... I mean, Olmark's having a terrific season. I don't want to completely bash him, but, like, from Pedigree's sake, like, I guess they have Vasilevsky as well, I think, so... I don't know. I, I think... I think we'll and see. then And then, does Dalene win the hardest shot? I'm going to say No. No. I don't think he has the hardest shot. Like you said, I think accuracy-wise, he could probably do a little better, but I don't think he wins the hardest shot. Tage would have. I think that would have been a lock to win, honestly, but unfortunately, he's injured with an upper body, lower back injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Ovechkin probably wins that one, but I do think it's interesting that Comrade David asked out of the fastest skater competition. Um, Alrighty, so without that, we don't have predictions for this week, but I'll just go over our predictions from last week of players of the fact of basically if you picked a player, most likely you got both of them right because the highest goal score of the week was one from Alex mm-hmm. Tuck, Gergensen's Quinn, Power, Thompson, Olsen. It is kind of interesting because they played three games, so it's not like it was like a completely low sample size. A little bit. And then the top line of Tuck, Thompson, Skinner, and then the top D-man of Dalene both got two points. So... Don't looking worry, I got zero it, points. Looking at it, <laughs> I got two points. <laughs> and I, I, oh, Joe did get a point. Okay, power was on there. I, I went power and power. I, I went balls to the wall last week, and I, I almost had un, it. I almost un, had it. Unbelievable. We have four names for the points and, like, six for the goals, and Mike doesn't get either category <laughs> correct. That was... That's, hey, man. That hey, right, man. The thing happens, he's going to okay? get right now, the thing he's going to get right is that we all picked a different division, and now the Pacific's going to win. I think that I think he manifested that. I think that's oh. going to be what happens. <laughs> Maybe. Like all right. So, you, you don't have to do a redo. We can just move right back into the Would You Rather. No, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, would you, so I, would you rather time? I had the Would You Rather. So, my Would You Rather is this. Would you rather have, as a general manager the NFL off season or like the NHL, but like to make it a little bit better, I would say like the NBA because the NBA drafts players that actually like would make a short-term impact like the NHL. Like if you make it the first overall pick, doesn't mean he's always going to play. So like, what I mean by this is, and and the NFL, you do free agency, then the draft in the NBA. So I'm, I'm just going to say NBA because NHL again, long-term NBA, you do draft and free agency. Which one would you prefer to do? Draft and then free agency. Yeah, I think you draft. I feel guy. like, yeah, because I feel like you could draft, like, of need. Or like, you know, if say free agency, you try to sign someone, but then like BPA is of the same position. Like, mm-hmm. why would you pass up best player available when you already just signed someone? If you draft someone, like best player available, then you can fill in your needs in free agency and see what you need. Because I, I. I feel like draft wise, the top few rounds is always like best player available, and then you fill in needs later. But like, so then you're not like reaching in anything. So like, I just like the draft first before free agency. Yeah, yeah, that's the- that's where my head's at as well. I'd like to draft my my young guys and then establish like what we need to fix on free agency. Then you know what I mean, kind of bring in the talent to to develop and then fix fit in pieces here and there afterward. You know, I think that's better. Yeah. Um, would that change if you were like compared to like if you were like a contender to a rebuilding team, would that change? No, I still like draft first. Yeah. 
no, I, I'd rather I'd rather get the young guys to bring up the next wave of the contender. You know what I mean? Like that kind of a thing. I think I would be the opposite. I don't know. I guess definitely if I was a contending team, I would be the opposite because I didn't. I wouldn't want to strike out. Like I wouldn't want to neglect something in the draft and then strike out on free agency and then have a big hole in my roster. Like I'd rather like have free agency, sign people where I need them, and then maybe sign like a veteran that I might just end up cutting later, to kind of mm-hmm. like be like a, a stopgap. And then if I draft that position, then I could cut them. Yeah. Kind of like I'm trying to think of like good examples. Like I don't know the Bills have like done this of like they sign players i guess like tight end would be a good one but then like with sweeney and all that like quinn morris i got undrafted and they cut hollister and then practice squad like i i feel like in free agency you could like go after what you need and then the draft's kind of like a fallback of like all right we got like our short-term fix in free agency and then we can figure out what like positions we want long-term solutions in with the draft mm-hmm. but like if i was a rebuilding team I think if I was a, mm. hmm, I don't know. I also would think if I was a rebuilding team, I might want the other way too because then I would know what spots people need quarterbacks, and then I would be able to just like with the Bears, like after free agency hits, they're gonna know like if the Raiders still need a quarterback, if Houston still needs a quarterback, like that's an advantage for them because then they can start a bidding rule like bidding war between the two teams but like if the draft happens first like there's five other teams that might need quarterbacks and they might not be they might just wait and be like hey we're just gonna wait till free agency to get ours i guess maybe that would like then make more teams available in the market but i don't know if that would make the market more like quality mm-hmm. just be like kind of more quantity i don't know if you get a better deal but no that that's my would you that that's the that's the WYR for the day. Yeah, the would you rather. Mike, you ready for some trivia? Close it out. Solid. Yeah, as I glitched out there, sorry. <laughs> I just saw it, so hopefully you can make it through the next like two minutes here without glitching out. Oh, we got it. Let's go. Maybe. I don't know. It's glitching now. We're at the end. <laughs> just keep talking, buddy. We can get Okay, it. we're gonna we're gonna roll through this really quick. Um, <laughs> You'd run. All right, Bill's question. Who's the only coach to serve two separate stints as the head coach? Oh, God. Um, Lou Saban. I got yeah, nothing. It's, it's, yeah, it's him. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, it's Lou. It's our boy Lou. From 60, what year is that? 62 to 65. Won two AFL championships in that span. And then again from 72 to 76. What a guy. Hey, wasn't that the OJ years too? Wow. To our boy Lou. Uh, Sabres question. Uh, who are the top three defensemen in career points for the Sabres? Oh, God. Um, I, I'm telling you right now. One of them I should be easy. One. Phil Housley. Yeah, Phil Housley's the top one. And then the next two might be mid. Mike Ramsey? Yes. Is he three or two? He's two. There's a big gap between Phil Housley and Mike Ramsey. But no, I, I would just think that there's. Oh my God, this who's the third highest scoring defenseman in Sabres history? Campbell didn't play for the team that long. I feel like this is a trick question. It's Darlene. He has like. Nah, I don't think he has that many points. 
I'm blanking. Um, you know since I got nothing, I'll I'll throw Darlene out there. Don't yeah, I'll just say Darlene. I don't know where he is. Alexi Zitnik. Yeah, I would never have guessed oh. that in a million years. <laughs> I a lot better than myself. I couldn't have named like I literally couldn't name. At two hundred and eighty-nine points. I couldn't even about twenty other Sabres defensemen before. Actually, I don't know. I, I Alexi Zitnik. Just saying, Ristolainen right now is sixth. I was going to say he's kind of a dark horse because he did sc- he was here for a little bit. But, yeah, no, it was Alexi Zitnik. Dumb. I thought... And then we'll do the last question. I like the NHL All-Star game better than Pro Bowl, so we're going to do an NHL All-Star Oh, Darlene has, Darlene has 215. I'm, I thought he had, like, 300. I was like, I didn't. Darlene will probably be. He'll probably be two. He'll probably be two, but you'd think he'll By probably pass Housley. Yeah, Housley wasn't here. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably he was only here for like seven years, six, seven, eight years. So Something he was like he was like eighteen when he came in. So anyway, beside the point. Uh, NHL All Star Game. Who has the most appearances in the NHL All Star Game? I don't know if I asked this one already. No, no, nope. I think you ever did. I don't know. Gordy Howe. It is Gordy Howe. Do you know the number? Oh God, uh, twenty-one. Twenty-three. Ooh. Oh, you were close. You were close. Ray Bork at 19 and Wayne Gretzky at 18. Yeah, I was going to say Gretzky just because like, I was like, oh, Gretzky. And I thought to myself, who played like super long? And I was like, Gordy Howe played like a billion years. Yeah. And he came he back. He played yeah. till his 50s. So, yeah, that, that's, yep. He didn't lag is. out. We made it through. We made it through with Mike's internet connection. So we're doing. We we did it. We did it, everyone. And without further ado, that's going to close it out for this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I was joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And Dom and Mike, how do you always end these? Go Bills, baby. Go, Go Sabers. Bills.